We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Look, you may not get Alexa to fold the laundry, but you can transfer money with voice banking. Transfer money, make a loan payment, get your routing number, and even find ATMs while making dinner uh, or the TV timeout of the Chiefs game. That is Emprise Bank, our partner in Possible. They have been wonderful. It's been wonderful working with them. They're helping. They're, they're part of the KCSN Draft Guide as we're working through some of that too and all that good stuff. Really appreciate them. Really appreciate my pals here. First time on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Matthew Lane, hello. Hello, Kent. Um, I just got to start off the top. This, this offseason is going by pretty quick. Uh, you guys will attest. I, I despise this time leading up to free agency. This just like conjecture and just guessing at 8 million things that might happen is my least favorite time of the football season. We somehow got from the end of the year through some draft stuff to, hey, there's actual football moves already happening. And I didn't even realize it yet. Like until yesterday when things went wild. It's like this offseason has gone by pretty quick. And I don't, I, Craig, did you build us some kind of time machine to skip forward? Yeah, definitely built you some kind of time machine. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to BS with you guys. I'm going to devote my time to this right here. If you are listening to this right now and you do not have the KCSN draft guide on order, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. <laughs> you, you need to fix that because these fellas, these two right here, Jake Morley, our good pal Zach Hicks, some other fellows that are a part of this as well. They are really working their asses off to make this giant project come to life again. I know some of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. I know some of the stuff that they're doing and how awesome this thing is going to be. If you have never bought the draft guide before, now is the time to do it. Now is the time to get invested in this. It's not just reading about draft prospects. There are features. These features are criminally under underrated here so you need to get on board read everything for instance my mine is going to be about cornerbacks and athletic testing i have a predictive thing that now for several years in a row has predicted some of the the, the league's best rookie cornerbacks regardless of round that they're in would you like to know who those guys are before the draft so you can see if the chiefs are going to target yes you probably would so get on board with that Get in. That's just one of the features. All of us are doing them. There's so much work that goes into this. It, you need to go out, get it. Go to gum.co slash KC, Kent, hit me, KCSN22. Gum.co slash KCSN22. I, I, listen, I, there's not enough praise of it going around right now. I need to praise it as well. So, so get on it. Do that. Buy the thing. You, you want it. You need it. You make me cry, Craig. Uh, it's actually, I, I think Tucker's going to put the link in the in the uh, description of this fine Perfect. show, too. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can go and click there. You get six months of the KCSN Substack and the guide for $24.99 when you go to gum.co slash KCSN22. And you'll get a lot of Craig Stout over the next six months, too. And that's not a bad Ooh. thing either. Also, access to the Discord, which is like, 
easily been one of the funnest things about KC Sports Network. They are just the coolest. It's a fun community where you can talk Chiefs uh, and about everything else <laughs> with uh, with some awesome people. So thank you, Craig. That was very nice of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, hey, and yeah, you're still you're still part of it in in some oh, capacity yeah. as well. So I, I there am. you go. I am. But these these fellas are putting in work right now. So yeah. It, go go show some love to them. Well, since the last time us three uh reconvened, every quarterback not named Patrick Mahomes has changed teams. <laughs> and uh Oh thank I, God, Justin Herbert's out of the division. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a Raider now. Oh crap. <laughs> We uh, we had a couple big ones though. Uh, if we can call Carson Wentz big, uh, the the one that really affects the Chiefs the most though uh, is Russell Wilson is in the division now. Uh, the Broncos give a boatload of picks. Uh, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, Drew Locke, uh, to to Seattle. Initial thoughts. I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about it, Maddie, but we kind of you know wouldn't spend a ton of time. Just what are your feelings about Russell Wilson being added into the division? I guess it's not, I don't even want to say bittersweet, but there's some good and then some like, or there's some like fear and then some, eh, not a big deal. I think a little bit of both. Russell Wilson hasn't been the same guy for the past two, two and a half, three seasons. Like he's been, there's been a little dip in the production. Is it an age thing? Is it people catching up to him or has it been his situation in Seattle? You don't know. It's very clear and widely known that Russell Wilson about midway through the year starts to fall apart. Down the stretch, Russell Wilson almost every year plays worse than he did at the beginning of the season. So for whatever reason, like those things have been happening. So like I'm not downright scared because of that. But like I said yesterday when we were kind of talking on the KCSN live mock reaction show, this also gives the Denver Broncos a quarterback that on any given night can match Patrick Mahomes' ability. He can match his production out on the field. He can match that level of play any given night. So you now all of a sudden are going to have at least four, if not six games, just in your division every single season versus a quarterback who is capable of playing at an MVP level that particular night. That, that's not fun as a fan to have to go against that. I mean, Tom Brady went two decades with us three playing quarterback in his division. <laughs> two decades with us three trying to play quarterback in his division. And now Patrick Mahomes can't even get to a half decade before we get the, these guys in there. That, that's just, that's not fun as a Chiefs fan. Yeah, it was really cold when I was starting in Buffalo, by the way. I, I hated it. Hated it the entire Good thing time. you have bigger hands than Kenny Pickett. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I, I do, by the way. Anyway, um, yeah, no, it's. Listen, Broncos were a quarterback away. I, I think we felt very comfortable saying that the past couple seasons. This year, maybe not. We'll see what they do with that defense. The defense got real old real fast. But that offense has a lot of playmakers on it. They've got a lot of really stud playmakers. And they need your quarterback to get them the ball. And they've been lacking that the past couple of years. Now they've got one. Uh, regardless of what do you think of Russell Wilson, he is going to be a market improvement over anybody that they've had recently. Now, he has backslid the past couple of years. I don't know if that's because of, you know, some disagreements with Pete Carroll, some disagreements with the offensive scheme, some injuries that he's been dealing with. That we'll see. We're going to find that out real quick in Denver. But George Payton, Denver Broncos, made a clear, defining move here, saying we're not just going to sit back. We're not going to be satisfied. It sounded like they were in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes until Rodgers signed back with Green Bay. What happens? Not, you know, a few hours later, they trade for Russell Wilson. So they, they had a backup plan in place. They knew the methodology that they needed to execute to get it. They know that they're in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr. I mean, Derek Carr has played really well for the past two years, too. So they're in a strong quarterback division. They can't just get by. They can't take a rookie in a bad class. They have to make a splash move, and and they did it. And frankly, I kind of respect them for doing that. Like they they knew they needed to do that to compete, and they have done that now. I think what you're seeing too with like just there are some there's so many teams desperate for quarterback, just <laughs> absolutely desperate for quarterback. And I think the Broncos did something where you know they went after a veteran quarterback that kind of had a little bit of pull on where he wound up. And so they did the dirty work and took their lumps 
to try to, you know, build a quality roster that would appeal to a veteran quarterback. And so, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams caught with their pants down right now without a quarterback that don't have anything else together. So it's a credit to them for what they've been doing. I know George Payton's only been there a year. There's been some groundwork established before he got there, but they earned the right to have, you know, a veteran court, uh, veteran quarterback handpick them. Uh, and so they, you know, they, that that's good for them. I, I still think that I still think the Broncos have the third best quarterback in the division. Um, but the difference between what they have now and what they had then puts them in a situation where they can be competitive. I still think they're, I think if you're tearing out the, if you're, if you're tearing out the division, I think it's the chiefs in their own tier. And I think Denver chargers are in this, this other tier still, you know, fighting, scratching and clawing until someone comes at the King and, and hits in a real tangible way and unseats them from the division. This is the chiefs division to win. Now it might be a little bit more competitive than it's been at times, but I still think, you know, this, I still think the chiefs are, are a clear cut, better football team. Uh, but <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll find out what <laughs> this version of this team is because they do have a lot of things they have to answer for, especially now that there's another quarterback in the division. That's, that's worth, you know, worth some, worth something, you know, and can be real competitive. So well, that's where I want to start. Yeah, I, I wouldn't ask. A, no, I just want to ask you as a philosophical question. As if you were running the Chiefs, how much stock do you put into making sure you win your division first and foremost? And how much does Russell Wilson coming to the division impact what your plans for the season might be? Like, are you focused on beating the Bills? Are you focused on beating the Bengals? Or are you focused on winning your division? Like, what's your thought process for trying to build the team out now that Russell Wilson's been added to the same division with Justin Herbert? Oh, I think that you're you're focused on the division now because you got two probable playoff teams in you know both the Broncos and the Chargers here. Hell, you know if Las Vegas has a good year as well, you you've got that there, and they've got similar types. Unfortunately, Denver didn't have to come off of any of their real young playmakers. Noah Fant is a guy that was a little bit of a dynamic weapon that they never quite figured out how to use right. But all of those other receivers and the running backs and like they're not having to come off of any of these superstar weapons to get Russell Wilson. So that makes them scary. And the Chargers look to be keeping all of their weapons as well. That makes them continue to be scary. So you're I, I think the focus should be on stopping those two teams and their particular type, you know, at throwing outside the numbers, getting to these big receivers, you know, getting the ball to these guys underneath as well and letting them run. You've got to do a good job of getting to them, you know, mugging them up and stopping these giant receivers, especially one-on-one -on -one outside the numbers. And I mean, for Chiefs fans, that should scare you a little bit because those are the, those are the positions where they're kind of lacking right now. Think about, you know, the Chargers and Mike Williams back. Ugh. I mean, yeah, and a willingness to challenge in areas the Chiefs have really, you know, skated by outside. You know, you think about Russell Wilson's willingness to challenge downfield. Now, I think he loves doing it, even if, uh, even if you know Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf aren't coming with him to Denver, there's still some capable downfield threats in this football team. It's not entirely the same, uh, but you, best they're good though. They're good. <laughs> I don't think there's much of a gap. I don't think there's much of a difference between what he left and what he's going to. I think stylistically they're a little like I mean I guess like you know sure. Cortland Sutton can kind of you know fit that DK, but I think DK is a different ball winner, different a different kind of vertical guy. KJ Hamler maybe is the resurgence. Like the resurgence of KJ Hamler might come here. Like Tim Patrick's better than any third receiver they've had in Seattle for a while, though. So like I, I just think he Jerry went to a better. Judy. I mean, they got yeah, Jerry, yeah, Jerry okay. no, no, they, work I think he went to a better situation. I mean, I he's think got, he definitely went to a better spot. There's more depth for sure, but mm -hmm. yeah, how they how they're able to unleash and challenge down the field, which is like what Russell wants to do. Wants Russell wants to run around, play hero ball, and throw football down the field. So um, it'll be interesting, and the Chiefs better have a plan for it. And they've got a lot to decide here. And it starts on Monday. This is the last time we're going to get to talk to you guys before free agency starts. We'll have some live reactions on Monday. I'm sure to some of the news that happens in the legal tampering period where it starts at like three o'clock and then at three Oh one, there's like six deals done because that's how they work. Deals, they form yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's remarkable. They definitely aren't doing work this past week at the combine. Definitely yeah, not allowed. And, yeah. Jacksonville sends a you up text and all of a sudden they've signed three guys to three big deals. It's just insane. <laughs> Um, does, I mean, like, so let's just kind of look into a little bit how, like, 
the free agency is coming. Do you think, you know, the Russell Wilson, we talked a little bit about it. Like, do the Chiefs have to adjust their plans a little bit now that Russell Wilson's in the division from a free agency perspective? I think, I think you have to. Uh, the past couple of years, I feel like the Chiefs very clearly were looking, once they got past the New England Patriots hurdle or didn't have to deal with the New England Patriots anymore, it became about how to make them as good as they could be, running it back and just focusing entirely on their own team. They didn't have a target team to go beat. You could argue that going into last offseason, it was, hey, we just need to beat whoever we play in the Super Bowl by having a better offensive line. That's all we have to do. And they did that and other things happened. They didn't quite get there, but like they weren't trying specifically to beat a single team. I don't know if you can sit here and look at the AFC West. The Chargers beat them once last year, took them to overtime another game. The Broncos just got better. They have a good passing attack on paper with Russell Wilson throwing to these weapons. I, you have to win your division first. That's the easiest way to get to the playoffs. It's the easiest way to get to the Super Bowls, winning your division. I think you do. So you have to start. Do you want to fill coverage? Do you want to fill pass rush? A little bit of both. Like, what's your point of attack here, Craig? Where are you starting to defend Justin Herbert and the Chargers, Russell Wilson and the Broncos, and Derek Carr and the Raiders? Hey, listen. Josh McDaniels might have left this team already after he saw that they added another good quarterback. Um, I'm starting with coverage. I I think that there's just not a ton in free agency from a pass rush standpoint to make me want to focus there first. And there's a couple of more top-tier corners in J.C. Jackson and Carlton Davis that are available to this team that, you know, Carlton Davis definitely fits. J.C. Jackson definitely fits. Those are two guys that could potentially change your fortunes. Those are two guys that you can have follow around a number one, take them away, kind of force Herbert, Wilson, Carr to be a little more uncomfortable with where they're going to the ball. And that's what you got to do here, especially if you're not able to build the pass rush. So my focus is going to be there. Now, the problem is you miss out on those two guys, Traverius Ward's your third guy. And now you got to turn around and hope that, you know, another team doesn't basically pay you for that. There's a couple veterans that are interesting. Um, Stephon Gilmore, Patrick Peterson, Kyle Fuller guys that are clearly on the tail end of their career now. Gilmore maybe has a couple more years, but guys that are more towards the tail end of their career that you can try and get by with a one-year deal, but that's not the fix. That's not going to be necessarily the way that you're going to get through and get on to greener pastures. Like That's not the way that you want to resolve your situation. Unlike the way that McAdoodles has resolved your liquor situation in Kansas City, by coming to Lee's Summit in summer of 2022. Listen, you should be ecstatic that you have a Mac Doodles coming to Kansas City because you're going to frequent it. And it's going to be like a second home to you because they're going to treat you like family. You know, it's not Olive Garden. Olive Garden isn't family. Mac Doodles is family. I mean, the man looks like me. It's my family here. Got great customer service. You've got great prices. You've got great selection. Like, you're not going to want to leave. Now, they're going to kick you out because they got to close and those people got to go home too. But you're going to want to be there so much that it's going to get so crowded. You're going to have so many people around you. You're going to want one of your own. So if you know a franchisee, tell them to get a hold of Roger, info at macadoodles.com, and build one right next to your house. That way you <laughs> you don't have to go very far. Just walk out your front door, go around the corner. There's a Macadoodles. Everybody in your neighborhood will appreciate it. They're going to live there essentially as their second home as well. So you're going to want that Macadoodles there to get a hold of your franchisees, get a hold of Roger, and make the right choice for you and yours by having a Macadoodles right close to you. So, you know, you're talking about cornerback a little bit, and there's the top of the market guys. And I mean, I even think philosophically, I'm just so interested in seeing what they do there, period. Because they're not bringing, they're not bringing, they're not bringing, you know, Tyron Matthew back. It doesn't sound like Dan Sorensen for all he is. He's at least a guy that knows what C Spagnola wants, which is why he's been on the field. Uh, Juan Thornhill is the only guy back there now. Like, <laughs> like, can they, can the Chiefs even field a, a an entire secondary right now, even with their reserve future contract? I don't know. I just looking at this. I'm looking at like they've they've got to make a sizable investment in their back seven, right? But the problem here's the thing that is just 
crazy, terrifying, weird, whatever you want to call it. I look at this. I look at this team and say, well, they got to make a sizable investment at tackle. Mm-hmm. They got to make a sizable investment in the secondary, at least one, probably two, maybe not one big con, like one big one and one, you know, at real money. <laughs> they need to do it at pass rush, maybe two. They need to do it wide receiver. I just like I. It's just like it feels like something's got to give for this football team. Like they need their draft picks. They need their draft picks to hit. They need multiple key players at multiple levels of their offense and defense. And I mean, I'm not. I'm not. The sky is not falling. Mm-mm, no, there are. They got a lot of work to do this offseason, man. And so, like, we're sitting here talking about like. I just keep questioning, like, are they going to be able to do it for J.C. Jackson? Are they going to be able to do – are they going to be able is – it, is it just going to be a bunch of mediocre, like, medium-level investments where we're just like, oh, I fine. That's a fine move. That's cool. Or are we going to see them make a splash and build this roster around it? I am so intrigued. And we talked a little bit about the cornerback position. But, like, Maddie, you, you've been talking about the edge position all day, the pass rush. And it's like, where do we go with this pass rush? What – like – is it is it a free agent move that's gonna that's gonna ultimately come to Kansas City? What do you think this is here, and like how do you feel about the free agency group when it comes to pass rush? I first of all, there's no chance this defense can just sign a bunch of Jags and try to be mediocre <laughs> defense. They don't have any stars. Like as much as people want it to be Chris Jones, and I think the Chiefs want it to be Chris Jones, I think they've tried. They've tried to shift there, and it just hasn't. It hasn't taken. And so they don't have a star of that defense right now. They they don't they don't have the ability to just go out and play a bunch of good players that aren't stars and make this defense work. And when you pick 30 in the draft, you can't go draft a star to be your future in the next two to three years. You're not getting Micah Parsons at pick 30. It's just not going to happen. So you are stuck in this area where you're going to have to manufacture, not manufacture, but you're going to have to find a way to be creative and get these players. So that's where the Chiefs are. And I get it with defensive end. Like When we look at the AFC West right now and how you're going to have to go ahead and win it, Russell Wilson takes a lot of sacks. But guess what? He's not scared to throw in a tight coverage. You can have the best corner out there if he's even got an inch of ability to have the receiver be open. Russell Wilson is capable of hitting it and will throw that football. So like, I, you might have to start with the pass rush to get to Wilson, to get to Herbert, who's also a very mobile, big-armed quarterback. So like, I can see why the Chiefs would want to build out of a pass rush. So, okay. Let's go out and sign a pass rusher. Wait, they're all over 30 years old and the Chiefs don't pay 30-year-olds? <laughs> oh, the guys that are good, that have been productive in their career are going to be expensive. You're going to pay the, you're going to pay that 32-year-old $18 million a year to rush the passer for one year? Ooh, that starts to get tricky. Okay, let's go find the youth. You're going to pay Jadavion Clowney to be your number one guy? How's that worked out in Houston or Seattle when he's been asked to be their Tennessee when he's been asked to be their number one guy? I, who else is available? Like, you don't have any options. So you and you can't just wait to the draft and pick a defensive end at 30. Guess how many uh our, our good friend BK sent this over to us. Guess how many edge rushers in the past 20 years have been drafted between picks 25 and 50 that have had eight sacks or more as a rookie? One. One guy. His name was Clay Matthews. You might know who he is. He's pretty <laughs> darn good at football. You don't get guys at in this realm that are good. It's so like the Chiefs are kind of in this area. So I'm going to throw an idea to you guys. This is something that crossed my mind. I don't love it, but I don't know of a better way. What if instead of trying to fix the edge position, just take the Rams approach. Just go pay old guys to play for you for one year. I know I just said you don't want to pay an old guy $18 million for one year, but it's there's a proven record for it. You call Chris Jones, your Aaron Donald. He's not as good. I, we don't need to have this conversation where he's just not as good, but you want to go pay Von Miller or Chandler Jones and then another older guy like Melvin Ingram or if Zadarius Smith gets cut, you want to go pay these two old guys to come in for literally one year each and rush off the outside and then repeat that process again next year. Like how upset are you at that? Oh, I'm not upset. I'm not upset. I mean, the the the, the options are very few and far between. I mean, like it, it's either that or you're hoping a guy falls to to 30 and it's not going to happen. It just, it's or just, if he does, they, he's not going to be good. Like historically, yeah. he's not going to be good if he falls there. It's George Carl Loftus. I mean, and you get I, a decent player who averages right. three and a half sacks through his rookie year. Or it's Here, like, you know, the, Brett Veach gets dunked on for the Frank Clark trade all the time. And part of that's because of the money. I get that. I totally understand that. 
the guy at this point before the Frank Clark trade, when we were leading up to the draft, it was, boy, we're going to draft Clellan Farrell or Montez Sweat. One of them's definitely going to be there. And they traded for Frank Clark. Guess who was there? LJ Collier. He was the dude that was there. So, I mean, like, it's not a sure thing. We look at all these mocks and we say, oh, yeah, that guy. We can just get that guy and do that. And but like you said, and like BK said, guys that rush the passer really well and get after the quarterback really well, it's few and far between that you find them in the draft. The free agency class does not have a whole lot of young guys. Emmanuel Ogba might be the best young guy that's out there, and he's 28. So he's 29. I, he, 29 sorry he's 29 so Young. yeah take take the rams approach of just adding to the edge room proven veterans try and get by another year until you can land that guy until you have the opportunity or you do what brett veach has done in the past and you trade that round one pick for a proven edge that's a little bit younger i'll let you go real quick okay i was wanted to jump like as i have this information in front of me right now Everybody did want Montez Sweat, who wasn't available when the Chiefs traded for Frank Clark. But here's the thing on why you kind of have to take this into account. Frank Clark, at the end of his rookie deal, which is when the Chiefs traded for him, compared to Montez Sweat at the end of his rookie deal, Frank Clark was a better player. The Chiefs traded for a better... Frank Clark was a better player by the end of his rookie deal than Montez Sweat was. It's not even close. 14 more sacks. He's played less snaps. 14 more sacks. 26 more pressures through four years than Montez Sweat. He was a better player at the end of his rookie deal, the Montez Sweat has been. So, like, I get it. People wanted to go trade up for Montez Sweat instead, but they were getting a better player than what Montez Sweat's become. They had the they had it right. It's just injuries and off-field stuff got in the way. I just had to – I had the numbers, so I wanted to put that out there. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so the last three picks of last year's first round. Okay, Uh-oh. 30, 31, Ooh. 32. Greg Russo. Greg Russo is good. He's good, yeah. Jason Owa, Baltimore Ravens. Okay, okay. Jason Owa is really good, too. <laughs> Joe Tryon. Oh, man. Yeah. It's not that kind of edge class this but year, just, though. Oh, it's, it's yeah. also listen to this, but here's here's their <laughs> here's their production. Jason Owa, five sacks last year. And I know sacks aren't everything. That's I know good. just... just Okay. Greg Russo, four sacks. Joe Tryon, four sacks. That's not a guy leading from the front. Like these are still complimentary guys, still getting their feet wet, developing. You can't fix your pass rush at pick yeah. thirty. You have to. You can get a complimentary player in the future and a ceiling and some ability there. And I think there's probably I don't want to say entirely in the in the same mold as Jay. Like we were really high on Jason Owa. We had Jason Owa like twelfth overall on the guy last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh but. I just all that's all all to say it's like you know you need you need a veteran presence. The one I love, I and I wrote about it on KCSN Substack today. I love the idea of Zadarius Smith if he's released, and it's not because of the compensatory formula, Maddie. Does it hurt? No, it doesn't hurt. But I think he is like a tier, like it's 
I think he's the kind of guy, if you're trying to get creative as you're building a roster and you're looking at a one-year deal type guy, I don't know if I don't know if the Chiefs can even really make a 14, 15, 16 million dollar edge. Like if, if the Chiefs, if the Chiefs spend 16 million, they'll call it 16 million dollars for Chandler Jones. What do you think? Is that is that right? 16 uh, more or less. I mean, he's a productive dude. Okay. So yes. Yeah. Okay. So if they spend 16 million dollars on a one year deal for Chandler Jones, that's their biggest move of the offseason. Ouch. That's their big one. Like you that. have to show you have to shoulder that entire cap. You right have to you, that really. I mean, like that's it, the that's the big cap hit for 2022. You know, mm-hmm. not saying like I mean they could still like they could go get JC Jackson and, and sign him and have a low cap hit for this year. But like, every, like you're not you, you're betting if you're doing one you're doing one big one year deal is really how it looks. Like you can't really fit too many more one year deals inside yeah. of that if you're going and grabbing a Chandler Jones. And so that's what's that's what's going to be interesting to me when it comes up, Maddie. You look like you're you're ready to bot me. So I just wanted to I wanted to yeah, give I, you a chance. My counterpoint is just simply like if you don't do that, like what what what's the advocation though for not doing that? Just getting a worse player, right? Like I think that's that's the issue that you're going to pay for good players. Like it's pretty basic economics. The more you pay, the it's you're supposed to be getting a bigger return on your investment. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to pay sixteen million dollars for Chandler Jones, that's fine. But if you're going to pay $12 million, are you going to get as good of a player? Probably not, unless you're locking somebody in long-term. But like we said, you look around these long-term guys. Like Emmanuel Ogba has been very productive for Miami. He really has. But that defense was a 3-4, very hybrid front, did a lot of blitzing. I haven't looked through enough of his stuff. How many of his sacks were the Matt Judon variety where he's just running free at the quarterback because nobody blocked him and they picked up all the blitzers? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's none. It's just... That defense has a hit. That kind of defense has a history of providing guys good stats that aren't necessarily the most skilled one-on-one rushers. Like outside of Ogba, you're looking at Dante Fowler. He's never been a productive number one rusher. Jadavion Clowney, we talked about him already. Like I know Chandler Jones can come in and be your best pass rusher. That's he's proven that year after year after year. Besides two years ago when he was hurt, that's the only time he hasn't been a team's best pass rusher. Yeah. Why? Like I'm okay. I think with paying for that in this situation where you're trying to win the Super Bowl right now. I mean, we're just, yeah, it's just tough because you got to fit every single one of those dudes, every single one of those dudes under the cap. And like Kent said earlier, he went through the list. There's, there's a lot of positions to fill. I mean, there's, there is when we, we've talked a lot about the, the defensive side of the ball. Let's talk a little bit on the offensive side. No, no, no. We got one more position. We have to hit it. We have to hit it. You, we barely talked about safety. We barely talked about it. We just have to, you know, listen, we talked about Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert throwing outside the numbers because they will. <laughs> but guess what? We also had, the Chiefs also had Tyron Matthew then. There's a reason you don't throw over the middle of the field. Who's stopping you from throwing over the middle of the field now if you're an opponent? Like, what do the Chiefs do at safety? And you guys just talked about it. Where are you spending money at that position? How are you going to spend money at safety and at defensive end and at cornerback? Or are you going to draft someone? That's, this is why I've kind of become a proponent draft your safety. You can get that starting safety at pick 30. You can probably find a capable safety on day two. Like that's, that's the option. Like I think if there's one of these positions we're talking about today, is safety, not the best one to just wait until the draft for you guys. Oh God. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the NFL has been overwhelmed by quality young safeties that can play quickly. So uh, yeah, it's a, that's a spot that you can really gamble on. Maybe mid round two, you're still getting a guy that's a, Antoine Winfield is one of the better safeties in the league, and he fell out of the first round. I mean, it, that's just one of those positions. Everybody tends to have a bunch of safeties, and everybody tends to keep their good safeties until they get old, and then they move on, and then they just turn around and draft another guy and slot him in immediately. I would expect that the Chiefs are going to do that. There's a plethora of them. I mean, just you throw a dart and you're going to get a pretty good safety near the top of this draft, even at 30. If you decide that's with a pick that you want to do, it's probably a quality player. That's going to make a massive impact on the back end of your defense. It's just going to clog up the middle of the field and you may or may not have some corners on the outside. I here's the thing. I, I like the idea of going safety and this is a, you know, this is a good safety class. It took Juan Thornhill halfway through the season to really become like to kind of overtake Daniel Sorensen in his rookie season. And 
that was with Tyron Matthew. That was with a younger, more spry Daniel Sorensen. Uh, and there was enough stability at that position to afford the learning curve of, you know, Juan Thornhill. So the only thing I think it was like, okay, what we, they go, they go safety round one. And I like there's There's some safeties. We talked about safety. We talked about a couple of safeties on the mock draft reaction show last week. And I like the idea of it. Don't get me wrong, but they've got to get a stable veteran presence in there. I think. And I think they still like, I'm going to throw this name out there. And I, we've talked about this a lot. And we talked about it a little bit on the mock draft show last night. If you say Dan, no, no, he's going with a different version of that player. Kind of. Landon Collins. If he gets released. And we talked about this in the DM and none of us feel good about it. Like none of like, us. None no. of us feel good about it. But like, we, we, I just look at this group. This group has operated with the safeties in the middle of the field, forcing throws outside the numbers. They have dared teams to try to throw into the Bermuda Triangle of safeties that they've had at times where it's been pretty good. And we are like... Okay, like we've they they need a guy, they need a veteran, <laughs> they need some leadership. Tyron Matthews gone. Landon Collins played for Steve Spagnolo. He's more of the box type. He's not as good as he was a long time ago. He's definitely not the same player. He's cut worthy. He is he he he's he you absolutely cut him at sixteen million dollars. But I would just feel better about having a a, a a a leader in the room, a guy with some ability. You know, you know, Brent Veach is going to be tantalized by a former first round pick. I mean, <laughs> this far removed, he's an old though. Brett doesn't he's like twenty eight. He's just he's, he's just like you. He doesn't like olds. He's just like you. I think it, yeah, that's true. It, I I'm having to come off that because this entire draft class is old. Michael Clemens <laughs> is like Maddie's age. Hey, he's I good. think him and Brandon Whedon went to the same high school. Him and Devontae Wyatt just hanging out. Yeah, um, it's I just I don't okay. know. I go, go Maddie. Here, here's my issue with it. Uh, you're essentially signing Landon Collins to be a one year guy, though. And if you do that, what are you going to do in the draft? Can you really justify with all the ho- the holes you mentioned mm-hmm. at the top of the show? Can you really justify signing one for Landon Collins? Won't be expensive, but he's also not going to play for free. Like I think he's earned enough leeway in the NFL that he is still going to take up some money of some sort. Whether that's you know five million, I don't know. I'm not going to pre- pretend I can predict the bottom in the mid range of the safety market, which is one of the wildest in the NFL. But he's not going to be cheap, cheap. Only if you're Trey Boston. Just Trey Boston. Like everybody's like, yeah, Trey Boston should get seven million dollars. It's like Trey Boston doesn't have a team, and it's October. Yeah, uh, and then like, so what are you going to do? Are you just not going to draft a guy? Or are you going to double dip and still draft a guy on day two after signing Landon Collins? Like, there's too many vacancies on this roster. I think to spend two pieces of real capital, and I think Landon Collins will cost a financial amount of real capital. And I think to draft a safety, you feel good saying is your future. You have to spend real draft capital. I don't think the chiefs are in a position to afford both draft a smart safety. Don't draft just an athlete. People always tell me they like Daxon Hill more than Lewis seen or Jaquan Brisker. And I get it. Like I get it. If you're just grading mm-hmm. the, like just strictly the player, but you want to mm-hmm. tell me which one of these guys I have the most confidence in getting a defense lined up, calling plays, kind of being that leader. I've seen Seen and Brisker do all those things. Daxton Hill spent a lot of time playing very, very, very well in the slot. I can see why the Chiefs would lean towards those other guys that you see doing all the communication and stuff. And I get it. It's a big jump from college to the NFL, but let's not act like either one of those guys weren't playing with a bunch of other NFL players that, you know, it's just like, that's where my mind goes. Don't spend two times at safety. Spend once, make it the guy of the future. That's just where I am with it. And especially since like the Chiefs last year sniffed a want, sniffed around Kwan Williams, they're obviously willing to keep Legarius Neve outside. Mm. Those guys, at least in free agency, it, it, for it, from a corner perspective, are one of those positions that you can get a lot cheaper. So that's one of those things. Pay attention to that a little bit. I know we see a lot of oh, we get this safety, we can play him in the slot. You know, you get Daxton, play him in the slot a little bit. It's a lot cheaper and easier to fill that slot role, keep Legarius Need on the outside, especially if you got a stud safety behind him that you can trust to call your defense. I, I'm with Maddie there. I will also say you get a guy like JC Jackson, he can also help run that room too. 
There's your yeah. veteran presence, and you get a Lewis scene, a smart safety with some athleticism. Have those two work off of each other with Juan Thornhill, who's been in the scheme. I mean, and Lejarius Need. Then you go out and get your slot in free agency. I, I actually very comfortable then all of a sudden with the secondary, a lot more comfortable than I than I am right now. I have a take the more we think about this. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs have to take a safety in their first four picks, meaning their top 105. Here's why. Juan Thornhill is a free agent after this year. So even if you go find another stop gap smart one-year safety, you are, you need another safety in that room. You need another guy in that room. I will I, honestly like the more I think about, it, I think they, regardless of what what scenarios play out, I think they have to take. I think safety's got to be one of their one of their early picks. And this is, you know, there's there's some guys that they can go, you know, they can go and grab in the top 100. So, um, I just like the Chiefs are always intentional about drafting ahead. You know, they, that's one of their strategies and their tactics. They, I mean, that's not world that's not breaking news or anything like every team does that but they they do that you you can kind of see how they're phasing a guy out or moving on from a guy they did it with hitchless last year uh so i don't know i think i think they do have to invest in more and more i think about it, it's like man they're probably regardless of what we're talking about here they probably got to draft a safety early um okay can we talk about offense now maddie before we matter? talk about yeah it does matter okay and uh so does a running back does that I bet sticks. I bet he sticks. Isaiah Pacheco, the running back out of Rutgers. Maddie, tell me a little bit more about what you saw with uh, with Isaiah Pacheco. So I love Isaiah Pacheco. We got a chance to talk to him in Las Vegas at the Shrine Bowl, and he was so much fun to talk to. And you could just tell that he enjoyed the game of football. Like you know, you see a running back, and we can talk about everything he does on the field. But it was the mentality. Here's a guy that doesn't have a problem just. Plot, just pass blocking. Doesn't have a problem being a block lead blocker for his quarterback. He'll go out and catch a three-yard pass if that's what it has to be. He likes all the little parts about the game. And I think when you're dealing with a running back who right now is projected to go sometime in day three or be a UDFA, that kind of stuff matters. A guy that loves to get out there and pass pro, can do it well, can catch the ball, that's a guy that's going to stick around in the NFL for a while. Yeah, and he can scoot. My goodness, we were <laughs> sitting there at the Shrine game, standing on the sidelines, and it was time and time again. It was every time he touched the ball, I, we just kind of had our breath taken away a little bit. It was just, oh, man, oh yeah, that's right. It, there's there's Pacheeks again. There he goes. So, I mean, it, it was really fun to watch him. Then he shows up at the Combine, and he runs like crazy. He tests like crazy. So you got a guy with that kind of dedication to the game, loves to do the little stuff, gives you a little bit of a home run ability. I mean, in a day three running back, Chiefs need a guy. I Listen, it makes tons of sense. I bet he sticks. I bet he sticks to it. Look, if you are looking for some golf clubs, you need to start with sticks golf. I went to sticks golf. I'm on my second set of sticks. I've loved them so much. I've gotten to golf the last couple of years. If you've been following uh, us recently, I-, I love it. And you know, golf it- it's been it's been really important for me throughout you know everything we've been through in the last three three years. Uh, and when I was looking for a set of clubs. I found sticks and they are an incredible value. They're incredible quality. Uh, and and I improve my game when I play with them. So go to sticks.golf. You can get 10% off if you go to if you use promo code KCSN10. So sticks.golf, promo code KCSN10, you get 10% off off your next order of sticks golf clubs. You will not regret it. I know some people that have taken advantage of it and they don't regret it either. All right. Tell let's me talk Pacheco little- doesn't remind you of a shanty running back. Tell me you can't oh see him running goodness. outside zone, being drafted in round six, putting his foot on the ground, and just taking off for a 60-yard gain time after time and time again for the Miami I, Dolphins. It's ludicrous. Yeah. And see, he didn't have a bunch of the explosive plays playing for Rutgers. I mean, part of that's mm-hmm. Rutgers. You know, it, it is what it is. But he just racked up consistent yardage for them. But he's clearly got that home run ability and just wasn't able to exploit it in an offense that was a little bit shaky. Well, I hope the Chiefs draft a running back if they're going to invest in running back because yes. I don't really want them to sign one. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. One position I think we all hope to see some movement is the wide receiver spot. And as we sit here today, the three top wide receiver options that we're potentially going to hit free agency, Devontae Adams, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, are off the market. Mm-hmm. So the very top end of that market is gone. Uh, now you're looking at 
you know, some other options. Like now that the bigger options are kind of off the table, Pickens not quite as uh, as prominent as you would hope. Uh, you know, Maddie, how do you? I don't know. How, where, where, how do you feel? How do you feel about the wide receiver spot and the chances of this team improving it through free agency? Well, to to make it even worse, it sounds like Odell Beckham Jr. has expressed interest in going back to the Rams, who are he already chose at one point in time. He's coming off an injury too, but he's expressed interest in returning to them. Um, the Cowboys, I think, are reading the room. They say, hey, you guys are losing all of your top options. We might hold on to Cooper a little bit into free mm-hmm. agency, and you guys might have to come trade for him if you want him. So he might not be and like in this, you know, just open market right now. So you you lose you lose those slam dunk guys. I do think the good news for the Chiefs, though, is they are not looking for a wide receiver one. You're looking for a wide receiver two. So if Allen Robinson, for instance, isn't as bad as he was last year, but isn't still at his prime. You know, he's 28 years old now. He's going to be 29 during this next upcoming season. Maybe he's not what he once was, but that's more than capable of your number two wide receiver. He was better two years ago than Sammy Watkins was when he was with the Chiefs, like that at that level of player. So like there's still options out there. It's just, it's not as promising as it looked with all those guys out there when there was a chance that Godwin or Mike Williams might hit free agency. I don't love the wide receiver room, but it gets a lot better if Amari Cooper gets involved, if there's any other surprise cuts. Is there anybody out there that, whose name jumps out to you, Craig? I mean, Allen Robinson is the, the first one. I know everybody's going to say, no, it's Matt Nagy. It's not going to happen. But I mean, like you listen to you know people around the league. I don't know that that's as much of an issue as, as we're kind of seeing. Maybe it is. And obviously getting to catch balls from Patrick Mahomes definitely changes things versus getting to catch balls from Mitchell Trubisky. So I I think we look at a guy like Allen Robinson, not as, you know, this guy who can go up and get it, you know, a 50-50 ball type X receiver. You see him winning with his releases off the line of scrimmage. And that's what they need. That's what we've seen this offense be at its most successful when they've got a bigger receiver that defenses have to trust as a bigger receiver and as a vertical threat that can also win off the line of scrimmage. I think he just makes just way too much sense. I'm not burying him just because we have Matt Nagy, but if I got to move on from him, you got guys like DJ Chark. You've got, you know, it would be a fine mid-tier addition type guy. Juju Smith-Schuster, a fine mid-tier addition type guy. But if you're going to do that, I do think that you got to turn around and then also spend a higher pick in the draft because you you got to have two guys that can win consistently. And if you're going to go with a mid-tier guy, especially ones coming off an injury, you need to insulate yourself a little bit more by drafting a guy early in that scenario as well. I, uh, you know, like you kind of sit back and you look like these teams have a lot better perspective a lot earlier than we do on all of this stuff all the time. And I go back and I think about Brett Veach's press conference. And I think about, you know, they, they didn't really talk. Yeah, we're going to try to get, you know, some pass catchers for Mahomes, but we're going to really have to focus on the offensive line and the defensive line, you know, and you, 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 eh, you the, the, the language around Charvarius for the last month has been, yeah, he's going to test market. You feel like he's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more I just think about it, like, and the more you look at this wide receiver class and how it's thinned out the way it has, and how the top three options are just gone. It just feels like it is going to be a mid-tier receiver. You know, it really does kind of just feel like, okay, they're probably not going to, they're going to maybe, maybe as a Juju and who knows what Juju gets playing like five minutes of football this last year. And I mean, I don't know. I, I see him by that being a great signing. I think his oh yeah, big I'm not is it, one of the best signings that anyone's going to make this offseason, whether it's the Chiefs or not. Ooh, you, he's not big... untalented. The no, last time, not. the last time he was a wide, a clear cut wide receiver too, he was great, and that was the last time that Big Ben could throw a football semi well. So like, you know, there's so much that to deal with. If he's healthy, if his shoulder works, that's a shoulder for a receiver a receiver that works underneath, like not a guy that's just a vertical guy. It's always reaching up over his head. Like he should be fine. He came back and played a little bit in the playoff game. Like that's going to be one of the best signings. I think any team makes another one. DJ shark, I think has a little bit of a misconception about who he is because he is really fast. He's really big and fast. And I think everybody wants to peg him as like this Marquez Valdez Scantling type player. That's not what he is though. He's not just a deep that he really is a little bit of a, 
not necessarily a possession guy, but he's like a vertical jump ball guy. He's a ball winner. He's a guy that wins the ball with his size, with his ability to play above the rim. Someone's going to pay him coming off the injury less than what they would have if he wasn't hurt. And I think they might get a pretty good deal. Like those are the two guys, if you want to quote unquote bargain shop, if I'm the Chiefs, those are the two guys that I'm looking at right away. Neither one are going to be dirt cheap. Don't get me wrong. But I think both of those guys have the ability to produce as much as Christian Kirk, Allen Robinson. I, I don't even know who else you want to throw at the top of these other guys that might be considered at the top of the free agent market. I think both Shark and Juju Smith-Schuster could have a bigger impact for their team. What? What? How much are you willing to give Juju? They offered him eight mm-hmm. last year. He said no. Um, <laughs> from eight again. You think <laughs> so? He barely plays. I don't think his. Years. I don't think it goes down. I don't think his price goes down. I think that everybody will look last year, look at whatever that abomination Matt Canada called an offense was, look at Big Ben and how he attempted to play football and be like, yeah, you get a pass and you're still you know, younger than a lot of guys coming out of their first contract. We don't care. Same would, contract as last year. Would you offer him a multi-year deal? Would I? Yeah. Yes. Will the Chiefs? No. Okay. I was just curious. I think the Chiefs would offer Allen Robinson a multi-year deal, even though Why? he's going to be 29. I think they would. I just I, think I don't they would. disagree. And like that would be the most head scratching move to me. There's a guy that is close as you can get to over the hill. He's shown signs of declining numerous times throughout his career now with the past couple seasons. And you'd be willing to give him a multi-year deal? No, he see, he's a guy that I would only pay for one year. And, and even then, I don't want to pay him $17 million for one year. I'd rather pay think, Chandler Jones 16 than I, Allen Robinson I, 17. I, and see, I think that they're gonna look at Allen Robinson. I think that market's a little bit lower than we think, especially the way it is. And I think they're going to look at that and go, yeah, this is your last contract. We're willing to pay you for another three years and have a get out. I don't know. Hmm? I, okay. I, I'm i interested. This is going to be a wild off season. And uh, I can't wait to unpack. And hopefully we have some news the next time that we no, all meet. Right, no, 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 no. You're not getting out of that easy. One guy the Chiefs are signing. You got to give me one guy that you were betting $1,000 the Chiefs would sign. Go. Ooh. I got to uh, bet 1000 bucks. Give me, me. Zadarius uh, Smith. I'm the house. Oof. Green Bay. Um. All right. Uh, I'm going to go Juju. I think it's going to be Juju. Good picks. Good picks. I'm going to go with Dan Sorensen. Um, I'm taking Dan Sorensen. <laughs> you, you suck. <laughs> That's it for the KC Laboratory. We'll catch you later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.